Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This is depressing. The girl in the locked room. You guys, I'm sorry. This is like, yowza. I hope it gets good. All right. The girl in the locked room, a ghost story. Chapter three. It was August, hot and humid. The air conditioner in the truck wasn't working. My t-shirt stuck on my back and my mom's hair had changed from smooth and sleek in the morning to frizzy and curly in the afternoon. The three of us sat elbow to elbow in the front bench seat, dad driving, mom beside him, and me next to mom in the open window. After spending most of the day on the interstate, we, we were now on a narrow country road that twisted and turned uphill and down, passing the house, trailers, and tucked away behind the woods, tumble down barns and weedy fields, cows grazing in the pastures, and farmhouses at the end of long lanes. I'd gotten tired of asking if we were almost there yet, so I closed my eyes and concentrated on not getting carsick. The bumping and swaying were definitely affecting my stomach. Why I had, why had I drunk that disgusting milkshake? At last, Dad said, we're here. I opened my eyes and saw a sign welcoming us to Oak Hill, a future community of luxury homes designed by Stony Brook. Ahead of us, a bumpy dirt road looped around foundations of future luxury homes. On top of the hill above the construction site stood an old stone house. The land around it had been scraped down and red clay rutted with tire tracks filled with muddy water. Waist-high weeds had sprung up everywhere. Piles of uprooted stumps, tree trunks, branches, rocks waited to be hauled away. I stared at the old house in dismay. Three stories tall and built of stone, it loomed above us, dark and empty against the cloudy sky. Sheets of weathered plywood hit its windows. A blue plastic tarp covered the roof, its edges lifted when the wind blew, making an eerie flapping sound. Dad specialized in restoring historic houses like this one. So, for a long, as long as I could remember, we'd, we'd lived like nomads, moving from place to place, staying in each one long enough to form com- to, for him to complete the job. Some of them had been scary. Their steps creaked at night, footsteps crossed the, their floors, doors opened and shut without cause, but none of them had been as frightening as Oak Hill. Oh my gosh, so they lived in haunted houses. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Even from a distance, I knew something had happened at, this, at that house. Maybe it was the crows perched in a line on the roof. Maybe it was the utter of desolate, the utter desolation of the scene, but the word foreboding came to mind, along with haunted, mystery, and or misery and sorrow. It was the perfect setting for a ghost story. They weren't exaggerating, Mom said to Dad. The house is practically in ruins. Are you sure this is worth worth fixing up? Stony Brook had big plans for it, Dad said. When the restoration's done, the house will be an inn. I'm told it's to be the jewel of the crown, the jewel and the crown of Oak Hill community. 
the perfect place for guests to and potential buyers to stay. I looked at Dad. Please tell me we're not living in that house. Dad laughed. Of course not, Jules. The corporation built an addition on the back of the house for us. Modern kitchen, family room, two bedrooms, two bathrooms, new heating system, air conditioning, internet, satellite TV, all the necessities. Oh, Ron, Mom said, I thought we were staying on Oak Hill. I've always wanted to live in a haunted house. Well, I didn't know whether she was serious or joking. With Mom, it was hard to tell. But if she meant... But if she meant what she'd said, I'd have even more reason to be scared. I shuddered. Do you really think it's haunted? I asked her. Um, no, of course not, she said. I was just being silly. Ha ha, some joke, I said, only slightly relieved. Dad patted my shoulder as we got out of the truck. Don't worry, Jules. The only thing wrong with Oak Hills is dry rot, termite damage, leaks in the roof, mold, and mildew. The plagues of every old building I've ever worked on. No ghosts, I promise. I felt a little better, but not much. It would take much more than Dad's promise to convince me that the house was not haunted. Can we go inside? Mom asked. Dad smiled. I'll give you the grand tour. Mom and I followed him up the sagging front steps. She eagerly, I reluctantly. Dad pulled an old-fashioned iron key from his pocket and struggled to unlock the door. Maybe it's the wrong key, I said, hoping the door wouldn't open. Ignoring me, Dad continued to jingle the key. After some pushing, pulling, and a little swearing, he finally got the door open. Keys like this are works of art, he said, but not easy to use. The darkness inside the house exhaled dampness, old cellars, and decay, but Dad ushered us inside as if he were leading us to the king's palace. Try to picture this place as it was a couple hundred years ago, he said. Polished floors, curving staircase, sunlight falling through the tall windows. I can't wait to bring life back to it, to revel its beauty. While Dad raved, I stopped on the threshold, overwhelmed by the sense of something hidden in the shadows, listening, watching, waiting. I had often feeling, I often had feelings like this, but nothing had ever come with them. I'd seen no ghosts as as days passed, I'd stopped looking for them. This time, my fear was more than more intense than usual. What's wrong, Jules? Mom said, looking at me with concern. Is your stomach so upset? Mm, I'm kind of queasy from that strawberry milkshake. I made a face, maybe some fresh air. I backed out of the doorway into the warmth of the sun. <gasps> Mom seized my hand and stopped me. Well, we'll just take a quick look. Then you can lie down for a while before dinner. Come on, Jules, Dad said. This house is magnificent. I want you to see it now so that you can appreciate my work when I'm finished. It's probably the best project I'll have ever done. Light from the open door illuminated the crumbling walls. Simply, oops, nope. Crumbling walls streaked with stains and mold. In one corner... A huge wasp nest clung to the ceiling. Bird poop splattered on the floor, along with scattered feathers, tiny bones, and dead insects. A heavy tree limb had crashed through the roof and landed on the steps on the second floor. Its branches had smashed the banister and the entire still staircase tilted to one side. Just look at those marble that those marble fireplaces, Mom said. Can't wait to picture velvet drapes, crystal chandeliers, and polished tables, carpets, paintings on the wall. 
I can just imagine the people who lived here, the women in long dresses, bearded gentlemen. Maybe you could use the house for a setting for your next book, Dad said. (gasps) What a great idea! I've always wanted to write a historical novel, maybe a ghost story or a gothic mystery. Her voice trailed off as she was thinking about possibilities. You need to finish the one you're working on now, Dad reminded her. Mom sighed. I'm tired of coming up with new mysteries for Inspector Turner to solve. She took a step towards the floor and gro- that groaned under her feet. Careful, Dad rocked his heels and bounced. The boards creaked under his weight but held firm. The floor is fairly solid here, but it cave- it's caved in elsewhere, he glanced over to me. It strictly means off-limit for you, Jules. Don't get any ideas about exploring. I looked at Dad in wonder. Did he actually think that I would step foot in this terrifying place? How old is Oak Hills, Mom said. When I looked at the property last month, I visited the the county courthouse and did some research. Land records, wills, census returns, Dad said. I'd like to get a feeling for the house and when it was built, who lived here, that sort of thing. A man named Pettifer built Oak Hills in 1786, Peyton. Oh, my God. Whoa. Sometimes, sometime after 1880, since this was taken, Dad said, Henry Bennett and his family lived here then. That's the last reference I found. Where did they go, I asked. What happened to them? I doubt anyone living here today could answer that question. Mom sneezed three times in a row. The dust and the mildew are getting to me, she said. Let's see... Let's go see our living quarters. Dad led us to the room that once must have been the kitchen. A stained and rusty sink lie on the floor as if it had simply fallen off the wall. Rusty pots and pans had been swept into a corner along with broken china and odds and ends of rubble. Vines crept through the cracks of plywood covering the windows. The bones of a small animal lay in the corner. You know... Unlocking a new door with a modern key, Dad ushered us into the sunny kitchen. A sliding glass door led to a deck overlooking the field and its woods beyond. Light spilled from the skylights in the family room ceiling. In one corner, it was a big fireplace made of stone. Oh, Ron, Mom said, it's beautiful. I love it. It was definitely better than the old house, but it shared a wall with it, which meant it was too close to... It was too close to the dark, empty rooms for me. Sometimes we lived in an apartment in town while Dad worked on the house. I liked that arrangement better. Our furniture was already in place, moved here by Stony Brook. All we had to do was upload the truck and bring our suitcases and boxes of personal things that Mom hadn't trusted a moving company for. No, my bedroom was across the hall from mom and dad's. Light poured through the floor, ce- light poured through a floor to ceiling window and a skylight, something I'd wanted all my life. I'd moved one of my twin beds under it so that I could stare up at the stars and the moon before I fell asleep. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks to dad's job, we'd moved in and out as many houses so I could so I was a pro when it came to organizing my things. In less than an hour, I put my clothes away, unpacked my books, and charged my iPad. <laughs> Last of all, I made my bed and lie down, tired from the long drive from Ohio to Virginia. 
From where I lie, I could see the back of the old house from my window. My eyes moved from from one boarded-up window to the next, first floor, second floor, third floor, where the windows were smaller. Oddly, one of the windows hadn't been boarded up. Its small panes caught the la- afternoon light. Something moved behind the glass but disappeared so quickly. I wasn't sure what I'd seen. I'd blinked and looked again. Nothing moved. I told myself it must have been a trick of the light, a reflection, my imagination. But I wasn't convinced. I'd seen something in that window, just as I'd sensed something listening to Dad when he showed us the house. We were not alone in Oak Hill. Suddenly, I didn't want to be in my alone in my room, scaring myself with silly thoughts. Turning my back to the house and its secrets, I went looking for Mom and Dad. Mom was in the kitchen, putting the finishing touches on the salad, and Dad was carving the roasted chicken we'd bought before we'd turn off the highway. You're just in time, Dad said. We're having dinner outside on the deck, gesturing at the sliding glass doors open to the fresh evening air our first meal at oak hill maybe tomorrow we'll find a good place for picnic for a picnic mom said what do you two think definitely a picnic i said in a meadow by the stream a meadow by the stream dad smiled how do you know that we'd find a place like that i shrugged that just popped into my head while we ate, I pictured us sitting under the willow tree, listening to the water running over pebbles and stones. We'd watched minnows and those funny, long-legged water bugs. Hey, we saw those in the goat water thing. Gerald, my sixth grade science teacher, called them. I saw the scene so vividly. Well, actually, they were called pool bugs not water bugs but okay i saw the scene so vis- vividly it seemed like a memory of something i'd done well what do you think of the accommodations jules dad asked a lot better than the old dingy apartment in cleveland right not to mention the chicago third floor walk-up said mom or the house with the leaky roof in india it's nice i said but if you wanted the truth i'd rather live in town What do you mean, honey? This place is great, Dad said. It's provided at no cost by the corporation. We don't often get free housing. Mom waved her arms at the woods behind the house. Tall trees in the the shopping centers strung along the highway and muffled the traffic's roar. It Just look at that view. Why on earth would you want to live in town? In town, there's stuff to do. A swimming pool, a library, movie theaters, kids my age... I'll never make a friend out here. When school starts, I won't know a single soul. That's only a 15-minute drive into Hillsboro, Mom said. We can go anytime you want. But that's not all. Oak Hill is, is right outside my bedroom window. It's ugly and dark and scary, and I hate it. Dad leaned across the table and patted my hand. It's only temporary, Jules. In another year or so, we'll be leaving and living somewhere else. But, Dad, that's the point. I've told you over <laughs> over and over again how sick I am of changing schools and losing friends and getting getting behind on stuff. It's not fair, Dad. I want to live like ordinary people, not like some kind of nomad. I glared at him. I was the angriest that I'd ever been with him. This house is just the last straw. Dad started to say something, but I wasn't finished. 
Cleveland, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, St. Paul, Baltimore, I said. They all run together in my head. I can't even remember how many houses we've had or lived in my life or how many schools I've gone to. I fought to keep myself from crying. I couldn't understand what it was like. Why couldn't they understand what it was like for me? Always the new girl, always trying to fit in, wearing the wrong clothes, making the wrong friends, trying to leave the other ones behind and starting all over again somewhere else. Mom looked at Dad. Maybe we should think about what Jules is saying. She's almost 13, Ron. It's hard for her to keep changing schools every year. She needs to settle down and make some friends. Dad sighed and took a few swallows of iced tea. When I was your age, Jules, I couldn't wait to grow up and get out of Plainsville. The day I left for college, long before Dad stopped, I stopped, started, stopped talking, I stopped listening. I'd heard it all before. His boring hometown, his father's boring job, running a furniture store, his mother's boring bridge club, his aunts and uncles, his neighbors, all stuck in the same boring routine year after year. Most of them had never had more than 100 miles from home, had never been more than a hundred miles from their home. In their eyes, Plainsville had everything any human being needed. The outside world was a dangerous place. That life had not been for dad. He'd been to most of the world by the time he was 25. You'd think by now he'd be ready to settle down, but oh no, here he was still on the road. Mom interrupted, but Ron, couldn't you at least consider? I go where the work is and you know that, he poured he poured himself another glass of iced tea. Restoring old buildings is my passion. When I have a chance to renovate a grand house like this, how can I say no? Too annoyed to say another word, I watched the moon rise over the darkening field. The clouds had blown away and nearly a nearly full moon hung just above the treetops. The sky was studded with stars more than I'd ever seen. I pictured myself, Bennett fam- my the mysterious Bennett family looking at the same stars and the same mood moon. <sighs> I'd pictured um, they'd all been hearing the chorus of the cascades and the trees. They'd seen the flash of lightning bugs in the woods, and they'd even they'd felt the evening breeze on their cool skin, just like I did now. I imagine the Bennett strolling across the field, a man, a woman, and maybe a daughter, a family like mine, enjoying a summer night. They seemed, they seemed to step, wait, they seemed to step from my imagination into the real world. The man said something and then the little girl laughed. I stared at them, entranced, convinced now that they were real people, out for an evening walk. Just as I was about to beckon them to join us, dad yawned loudly. The family immediately disappeared into the woods. Perplexed, I turned to mom. Did you see those people? Where, she said. I peered over at the field. I don't see anyone out there. Well, they're gone now, but they were just there. I pointed to the spot. A man, a woman, and a little girl. Dad shook his head. No one lives out here for miles, miles of this place, Jules. But I'm sure. Eh, your eyes were tricked by shadows, mom said. You saw a bush, a tree, and that's all. Maybe that was it. I was tired and it was hard to focus without much light, but still they seemed real when I saw them and I'd heard the girl laugh. I looked at, I looked again at the edge of the field. The family must have been, must have taken a path into the woods as if they'd been really been there. That's it. 
Dad was right. No one lived near Oak Hill. Where did they come from? Like Mom said, my eyes must have been tricked by the darkness. Dad swatted a mosquito. It's a long drive from Ohio to Virginia, he yawned. I don't know about you two, but I'm ready for bed. Mom gathered up paper plates and cups, and Dad and I helped her carry everything inside. We dumped the remains of dinner into the trash. No dishes to wash tonight. Dad yawned again. The crew arrives at 8 a.m. tomorrow to start work. <sighs> Dad reminded us. <clears throat> Better be up, dressed, and ready. Mom groaned and followed him into the bedroom. Too tired to even open a book, I undressed quickly, fell into bed, and closed my eyes and went to sleep. Long before daylight, a loud noise woke me. Thunder. I thought at first, but no, that wasn't it. The noise grew louder, and I realized that the sound was of a horse galloping towards the house. On they came, two, three of them, running fast, hard into the night. A man shouted in anger, and a woman called after him in fear. Frightened, I sat up and peered out my window. The moon threw shadows everywhere, slicing into the night a confusing pattern of blacks and whites. I saw no horse, no riders. I heard nothing but the wind in the trees and the bang, bang, bang of those loose shutters striking the side oh, of the old house. That was a dream. No, I think that she sees the, um, she can see ghosts. Oh. So remember the little girl saw, always hears the horses coming and then the man come upstairs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's happening. I slid under the covers and shivered. Not just from the cool night air, but also from fear. What was going on? I hadn't been to Oak Hills for 24 hours, and I'd already seen something move at a window on the third floor, watched a family crossing a field at twilight, and heard a steady beat of horses' hooves pounding towards the house. The night was silent now. Nothing moved. Yet a pres uh, presence lingered in the stillness. I wanted to run across the call to my parents' room and tell them what I'd seen, but I know that they'd say I was dreaming. Maybe they were right. Maybe not. Either way, they'd be annoyed if I woke them up in the middle of the night. <sighs> <sighs> Finally, too exhausted to worry about what mom and dad would say or what they would and wouldn't believe, I'd curled up like a child, shut my eyes, and fell asleep. Hmm. Sad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What's gonna happen?